Michael Bohr is with us, CEO of CarLots. So tell us, how's it going in the world of selling these cars? About Tell us about your business. And I know the pandemic and people moving to second homes or homes out of the city, they needed more cars. Yeah, thanks for having me again. Um, always a pleasure to be with you. Um, yeah, the first quarter was uh, pretty awesome. You know, we had uh, the combination of tax refund season, which we get every year, uh, stimulus checks, and um, and a, a lack of supply of new cars, which drove a lot of people into the used vehicle market, which was uh, great for us uh, selling the cars that we sell for our clients, which are either consumers who are consigning us vehicles or big corporations that consign us vehicles. So big, big quarter, uh, we grew top line 120 something percent. Uh, units sold were up 76 percent. Uh, and so really kind of all, all around a, a fantastic quarter. Yeah. And how do you expect it to continue? I mean, how do you create revenue for the company using this model? When I hear consignment, I think of these dresses or purses or and you go to these stores and if you buy it, then the person who gave it in gets the money and then the store gets the money and that's how it goes. Um, how are you creating revenue for this model going forward, especially? Yeah, so uh, very similar to clothing and furniture, which many people are, are familiar with with respect to consignment. Um, we have vehicles that you might bring to us or, or we'll come get from your driveway because you're not satisfied with the dealer trade-in offer, but you're not willing to go through the hassle and time commitment, potential danger of trying to sell it yourself. So we will take your vehicle, we'll get it inspected by a mechanic. Uh, we will ensure that it's in tip-top shape We'll sell it as a retailer, either online through our omni-channel platform or in one of our hubs, uh, which people can come and visit around the country. Um, and when we sell your vehicle, uh, we take a, a fee, a flat fee, um, as a service fee in selling your vehicle. And so by doing that, we generate revenue. Um, and we also sell warranties and we finance buyers. Uh, we take trade-ins. We just make it as easy as possible for the buyer to buy your vehicle. And the way we're growing is by adding more locations around the country. So we've stated that we'll be opening 14 to 16 new markets this year. We've already opened three in the first quarter and we're on pace uh, to meet our stated goal of 14 to 16 new locations. We've opened in Seattle, Orlando, and Nashville so far. We've announced locations in Charlottesville, Virginia, Clearwater, Florida, uh, Highland Park, Illinois, and Bakersfield, California. And we have several additional locations slated throughout the year. So by adding more locations, we get closer to the sources of vehicles. We also get closer to the buyers of those vehicles so that uh, we make it very easy and inexpensive for people to transact through us. So as you're expanding there in California and Florida, um, there must be costs involved. I mean, at what point do you come ahead of the game? with the expansion, because, you know, when we always say for drug stocks, you know, there's research and development and that costs. But once they get the drug and they get it out and the FDA approves it, it's great. Um, you know, how do you where's the profitability line from when you're opening and trying to get this stuff out to where you actually make money? Yeah, so at the hub level, uh, we generally can get profitable fairly quickly. Uh, we're obviously grew in, in hyper growth mode. We grew over 120 percent. Uh, quarter one over the previous year, uh, we have uh, we, we did about 120-ish million of revenue last year. We'll be well over 330 million this year. 
um, for our guidance. And so there's with a lot of growth comes a lot of uh, corporate expense. But at the hub level where we're opening in Bakersfield and we're opening in Clearwater, we can generally get those locations open uh, relatively inexpensively. We typically spend less than a million dollars to open a new location. We can get it up and running and feed it with inventory from the local community and also from our national consignment accounts so that we can start selling vehicles quickly. And that's how we generate revenue and, and make money. And so it's it's a generally a quick payback at the hub level. And we've built the corporate we've built a corporate overhead to manage the level of growth that we're currently experiencing. I see. And then what differentiates you from the competition? Because, um, you know, I always ask you this question, but how do people know they're not getting a lemon? You know, just I'm buying that dress. I want to make sure it doesn't have bed bugs on it. You know what I mean? It's the same concept. Someone's coming to your company and they want to make sure they got a good one. Yeah. So all of our vehicles go through 133 point inspection. We ensure that they're in, in great shape. We stand behind our product. We have a, a, an exchange policy. We have warranties that uh, car buyers can uh, buy to put on top of the vehicle uh, to make sure that they feel comfortable that they can buy this vehicle either online or in person. They can test drive a vehicle, take it to their mechanic if they'd like. Uh, before uh, taking possession of it. But at the end of the day, uh, we have a reputation uphold. And if people have an issue, uh, hopefully they come to us and give us the opportunity to make it right. We are selling a used automobile, so there are lots of parts and pieces and things do go wrong, but we're there to stand behind the product uh, that we're selling. Yeah, and it makes a lot of sense. So tell me more about the auto industry overall, because you use the phrase that there's just you know, the demand is so big, right? A shortage of vehicles, just like we're seeing a shortage of homes for our home sales. Uh, now what, coupled with the fact that this chip shortage and production issues, how does it all factor into the car market and prices for that matter when we talk about inflation? Yeah, so prices have definitely gone up. You know, there's been a mismatch between supply and demand in the market, and it starts really at, at wholesale. So uh, typically around this time of year, a lot of uh, our big fleet accounts are getting new vehicles from the manufacturers for their leasing clients, and they're taking the old vehicles and selling them either through the, the auction or through a retail channel like car lots. And what we're seeing is because those new vehicles aren't coming in, the, the lease trade-ins uh, or the old vehicles aren't going through the wholesale channel. And so there's a, a supply decrease at wholesale. And because the demand is so high, because of tax refunds and the stimulus checks, et cetera, there's a increased demand, there's a reduced supply. And so that's driving wholesale prices up. And when wholesale prices go up, retail prices follow soon thereafter. And so we're seeing unprecedented rise in wholesale prices, which uh, is currently having an impact on retail prices for vehicles. Uh, combined with the fact that there aren't new vehicles, as many new vehicles being made as, as people are accustomed to. And so the new vehicle buyer is getting into the used car market. And so there's even more demand for the used vehicle just as the price is, is, uh, is increasing. So really, as a, as a buyer or seller in the market, if you have an extra vehicle lying around, great time to be a seller. If you need a vehicle, you might have to get a vehicle that's a little bit higher mileage or a little bit older than what you wanted to if you want to stay in the same price range. Or you can go ahead and use the stimulus dollars or any, you know, some of the extra dollars you have for, uh, because of where we are in the economy to, uh, to, to buy a more expensive vehicle. 